When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're live on Right Now with Jim Dawes, broadcasting on the Mojo 5 Radio Network and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. Coming to you live on iHeartRadio and on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast directories. You can follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Well, I'm back, baby. I was off the air yesterday. Hurricane Zeta uh, came through this part of North Georgia and uh, took down a bunch of trees and a bunch of power lines. And uh, we didn't have power here until well after the live show is supposed to air. So uh, I got a little catching up to do today. I guess I need to start by congratulating the Room 13 podcast for their their slim victory in the uh, the open mic contest producer Ron's open mic contest and now they are going to be a regular feature on the Mojo 50 radio network and I just want to say that it's not my fault uh, yes I did promote them uh, they asked me to and I was glad to but I certainly never expected it was going to come out like this so I'm just saying I'm not responsible uh, for the the uh, corny Mojo Riverfish jokes <laughs> But congratulations as well to all the runners-up, and I am going to put you in my Rolodex, and uh, and next time I need a, a fill-in, I'm going to see if, uh, if you guys are available. So the election, the election, got a lot of catching up to do on today's show. The, um, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States is uh, trying their best not to take hold of this hot potatoes as the Democrats try to engineer their uh, ballot harvesting schemes in the battleground states that have Democrat governors. Um, John Roberts is, uh, is punting the ball instead of doing their job and uh, pointing out to these Democrat governors that uh, the U.S. Constitution and most of these state constitutions reserve uh, election rules strictly to the legislature they're letting, in many cases, these Democrat uh, state Supreme Courts weigh in. And, uh, and now, in these most recent rulings out of North Carolina and Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court has said, uh, we are not going to take up the case until after the election. So they don't want to weigh in and lay down clear guidelines prior to the election. They're going to let the Democrats proceed with their ballot harvesting schemes and then be put on the, 
the spot after the election to be seen as deciding the election. It's a disastrous strategy, I believe. But, you know, I told you uh, it's been about eight months ago that this is what the Democrats were going to do. They were going to try to take their ballot harvesting schemes that they perfected in Orange County, California, and they were going to try to take them nationally. And uh, you could see what they were doing. Um, and uh, that, that is exactly what, where we are now. If you look at where they're putting in these ballot harvesting schemes, they're very strategic. They, uh, they've got control of the executive branch in, uh, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, in North Carolina, I think in Wisconsin. Yes, in Wisconsin as well. And they're trying to, uh, to uh, use the executive power to override the legislature, kick it into the courts where the courts are, um, are just ignoring the, uh, the actual uh, election laws entirely and setting, setting their own deadlines and conditions for when a ballot can be accepted. They're, they're saying in the case of uh, North Carolina, you, you don't even have to have a signature on an absentee ballot and you've got nine days to count after the polls close at least in North Carolina they are going to require a uh, a postmark but no signature and these rules that were put into place there as a result of a consent decree where the the Democrat governor appointed elections board entered into a consent decree with Democrats that were suing the states giving um giving the Democrats the leeway they need to engage in these schemes. In Pennsylvania, they only expanded the, the, uh, the time by three days in which the ballots can be received, but they're, they're requiring no postmark. So when the ballots close on Tuesday evening, the Democrats will be able to look at the returns, see how many ballots they need to make up, and then flood them um, directly to the uh, to the. Uh, elections boards without even requiring a postmark. They mean to win this election after election day. All the election day is going to do for the Democrats is let them know how many votes they need to generate through these schemes that they've put together. And all of this was perfectly predictable when Hillary Clinton uh, tipped her hand about a week ago. Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. Yeah, uh, we are not going to uh, concede under any circumstances. We are going to call our left wing left wing what do you call them rioters marxist uh, revolutionaries you know we've allowed the rise of um, violent well-funded well-organized marxist revolutionary organizations in this country the the old fbi that used to keep an eye on the rise of communism in this country have entirely abandoned the field there and have been focused on, you know, a, a handful of dead-enders and these um, half-assed Nazi parties and Ku Klux Klan. And all of the, the protections that uh, were formerly in place uh, against communism taking root in this country have been, uh, have been sidelined. 
Nancy Pelosi knows exactly what's going on with these uh, these schemes, and she's uh, she's preparing the ground from uh, her perch as the Speaker of the House of Representatives as well. But we are ready. I feel very confident that Joe Biden will be elected president on Tuesday, whatever the end count is. But on the election that occurs on Tuesday, he will be elected on January 20th. He will be inaugurated president of the United States. Yeah, she's very confident that by the the time January 20th rolls around, they will have uh, won the selection. We're going to see beginning next week. The, uh, the deployment of this color revolution that they have been plotting, um, funded by George Soros and, uh, and his uh, network of uh, far left-wing um, millionaires and billionaires. Here's a clip of a fellow named Jerry, Jeremy Siegel. He made a film on uh, the implementation of this violent color revolution and he was appearing on Frank Gaffney's show. Well, you're going to see violence. We always do in a lot of these left-wing protests. But we have to remember people like Lisa Fithian and her counterparts are people who are masters of deception. And so what they do are called black block demonstrations or black block tactics where they take over an entire city block. They antagonize police and create confrontation with police. They burn that block down. But when you go around the corner, things may seem relatively normal and people drinking coffee at Starbucks. What they do really effectively is draw the media in, draw the cameras in to create a perception of mass revolution in the streets. It's, it causes a psychological effect on people who are not part of it and who are not there to believe that they're much larger than they really are and to believe that their movement is far more effective and on a much grander scale than it is. And it's extremely effective tactic. Yeah, yeah there's a psychological warfare being waged against uh, traditional Americans in this country. There's electoral warfare. There's a full court press coming from the media to try to, uh, to uh, uh, discourage and uh, dispirit Republican voters. And now they're, uh, they've got their, uh, their color revolution teed up and ready to go. We're going to run out to a break. When we come back, we'll uh, catch up on the latest developments with the tech titans and their censorship regime. Stick with us. We'll be right back. <laughs> Let me tell you about a new company with values that you can really get behind. Patriot Energy is a new veteran-owned company doing solar the right way. Take advantage of government incentives and and cut your electric bill by 30 to 40% while buying your own system with no money down. Support a veteran-owned company, help the environment, and save money. Go to patriotenergyaz.org slash mojo50 for an estimate. You have choices when it comes to energy. Let Patriot Energy help you make the right choice for you. PatriotEnergyAZ.org slash Mojo50. So we're going to get to the state of play in the actual election. Uh, the, the, the polling companies, and I, I always caution you, don't think of them as polling companies. They are at this point part of the psychological operation being conducted by the left 
um, they they don't take poles in order to find out what's going on. They take poles in order to try to shape the ground for the the people that are paying them to run the poles. And of course, that is uh, by, uh, far and away these uh, these left wing media outlets. But the the polls uh, the pollsters have to try to protect at least somewhat their credibility, especially after. 2016 when uh when they were exposed for for being hacks political hacks and so this week they're trying to uh you know say oh the polls are tightening and it's uh you know uh, joe biden really doesn't have these 15 and uh 20 point leads that we were saying just weeks ago uh it looks like it's going to be a very tight election in these midwestern battleground states and they're they're saying that michigan in Minnesota and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania are now neck and neck. Well, if they're saying that those polls are neck and neck, you can bet that the president has, uh, has several points on a lead. And one of the big stories developing is uh, there are even more voters coming off the sidelines, people that don't normally vote in this election than there were in 2016. In 2016, set records for for bringing new voters to the polls. This year, it's going to be even bigger numbers. Uh, but the Democrats have also done a pretty good job of energizing people who didn't normally vote. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be a wash. I, ex- I suspect that the president will, will turn in even bigger numbers, especially in Pennsylvania, uh, but also in, uh, in Michigan as well. So the tech titans uh, were called on the carpet at the Senate committee. Let me think which committee it was. I guess it was going to be the Commerce Committee. They didn't have to actually go to Washington this time. They were hunkered down, uh, you know, doing Zoom calls. And, um, and man, uh, Jack Dorsey uh, came up there, and you talk about dragging somebody out of their hidey hole and uh, exposing them to the light of day. He looked like some sort of um, <laughs> hermit, or or um, he he actually looked like an old moonshiner or something. But uh, they they pulled him and Zuckerberg and uh, Sandre Pichai, the head of Google up there and we're grilling them now i'm all in favor of shining a light on the abuses by these tech titans but you know uh, a lot of this just ended up being um an opportunity for the politicians both republicans and democrats by the way to uh to yell at these guys i didn't see any much in the way of actual uh, proposed solutions and demands uh, that they stop uh, censoring conservatives or, you know, consequences would be levied. The New York Post that uh, broke this Hunter Biden story is still locked out of their account. Now, they questioned Dorsey about that. They said, well, they, they, can, they can log into their account and they can post again. All they have to do is delete the original story. Well, why would they have to delete the original story? The news is is uh, out there now, even uh, on Twitter. He's allowing you to share the story because uh, 
they were suffering the Streisand effect, and it was getting more attention by having it blocked than than letting it uh, letting it be shared. But they're trying to humiliate or or make the New York Post uh, conform and uh, and bow down before their censorship regime. Here's a clip of uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, Taking the wood to uh, to Jack Dorsey and uh, and you know uh, I guess you would say out out outcomes to I guess, influence I guess you would say um, you know publicly shaming him I'm all for that but we need some substance as well outcomes to influence and change election results but today. I want to focus my questioning on Mr. Dorsey and on Twitter because of the three players before us. I think Twitter's conduct has by far been the most egregious. Mr. Dorsey, does Twitter have the ability to influence elections? No. You don't believe Twitter has any ability to influence elections? No, we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have. So you're testifying to this committee right now that, that, that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? People, people have choice of other communication channels with which... Not if, not if they don't hear information. If you don't think you have the power to influence elections, why do you block anything? Uh, well, we have policies that are focused on making sure that more voices on the platform are possible. We see a lot of abuse and harassment, which ends up silencing people and having them leave from the platform. Well, how is uh, the New York Post article exposing the graft and corruption of the Biden crime family abuse and harassment? Those are public figures, and that is a major U.S. publication. No, they've got, you know, they, uh, they do a lot of this with human interventions. And in the case of the human interventions, much of the censorship that's being waged both at Twitter and Facebook is in fact being carried out by foreign nationals. If you go and look at these these workplaces, these campuses of Twitter and Facebook, you would think you were in Bangalore or, um, or uh, I'm trying to think of the capital of uh, Pakistan, Punjab, not Punjab, that's the region. But you would think you were in India or Pakistan. And these countries don't have any culture or history or real deep appreciation for free speech. But it ought to send chills up everybody's spine that we've got foreigners in our country waging a war of censorship on social media. How is that not foreign election interference? You know, we constantly worry about Russia... Uh, in in the case of 2016, spending about fifty thousand dollars on on bogus uh, trolling Facebook ads. By the way, they weren't all in support of Donald Trump. They were about half for and half against Donald Trump. There were actually four segments of these ads that they put together for a total budget of about fifty thousand dollars. They were there for and against Hillary. That's two, and they were for and against Trump. That's four. And the idea that they were trying to get Donald Trump elected is a mythology that has been put together. What they were doing is they were just, um, with 
you know, a very modest effort trying to uh, to get revenge on um, on America's election interference in Russia and the Ukraine by uh, by stirring up dissent. Uh, but here's the rest of this uh, clip with uh, Cruz uh, taking uh, taking Jack Dorsey to the woodshed. Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what the media are allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear? And why do you persist in behaving as a Democratic super PAC, silencing views to the contrary of your political beliefs? Let, let's give uh, Mr. Dorsey uh, uh, a few seconds to answer that, yeah. and uh, then we'll have to conclude this, this um, segment. Well, we're, we're not doing that, uh, and this is why I opened um, this hearing with calls for more transparency. We realize So Jack Dorsey wants more transparency while he's blocking the, the account of the New York Post because they broke a story that uh, was contrary. You know, that blocking of the New York Post account is costing them a lot of money. They are paying a real financial price for their refusal to take down this tweet and bend to the will of Jack Dorsey. Now I know this is a private company and I've, you got all of these, uh, these conservatives over at the national review saying, Oh, they can do what they want. This is not free speech. Well, that may have been true at one time in our history, but at this point it's pretty hard to make an argument that these big tech monopolies that have been, um, empowered, by legislation under this uh, Section 213 are not public utilities. This is very akin to them weighing into your private personal conversations, like the phone company weighing into your private personal conversations and deciding what you can and cannot say. And don't believe that that is such a a far-fetched notion. Over in the United Kingdom, they're, uh, they're passing a law in Scotland that will uh, ban you from hate speech inside your own home. If they find out that you're trafficking in unapproved conversations, they can press charges against you, even if it's inside your own home. And the definition of hate speech is basically anything they don't like. Twitter banned Mark Morgan, the head of the Border Patrol, from being able to um, to log into his Facebook account because he was celebrating the completion of 400 miles of the border wall. Now, that's not everything that Donald Trump promised, but considering the determined and unrelenting resistance from the courts, I'd say that's pretty damn good. But this is a, a, an election like no other we've seen in history. We have got an organized Marxist group that is really taking control over the Democrat Party. I think the establishment Democrats don't realize it. But they have made a deal with the devil by putting old Joe Biden at the top of the ticket and standing right behind him as the most far-left-wing member of the U.S. Senate even further left than Bernie Sanders. And Biden is, uh, is undergoing a, uh, 
a corruption scandal that will absolutely cripple him. And after this election, you can bet shortly after uh, Biden's inauguration, were he to win, that the left wing headed by Barack Obama, the sainted one himself, will call out the media hounds on Joe Biden and try to drive him from office so that their real objective can be achieved, and that is to put Kamala Harris in there and continue our march down this ruinous road to Marxism. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we're going to take a a look at the actual campaign. We're going to take a look at the uh, the massive gross domestic product number that uh, the economy posted. And we'll take a look at the story of Anonymous, the anonymous guy that we were assured was a high-placed senior official inside the White House. Hell, it might be Mike Pence. It might even be Melania Trump. The New York Times told us. The reality is something quite different, but it is uh, it is nonetheless as significant. Stick with us. We'll be right back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So the economy posted a massive, massive GDP number last week. It was twice the the highest recorded GDP increase uh, since they began kept keeping records. I think it was back shortly after the Great Depression. But uh, we still are not at the level we were uh, going into 2020. We're still about seven points below. Uh, that, but the uh, the GDP did uh, begin to crawl out of the hole that these lockdowns have put put it into, and it posted a a thirty three percent increase. <laughs> you could see the faces of disappointment 
over there at CNN where they had to cover the news and also at uh, the CNBC network. But over over at CNN, they um, they sort of tried to quali- qualify and contextualize all of this before they broke the terrible news to their viewers that the economy is doing just exactly what Donald Trump predicted it would do, and that is come roaring back. We do have breaking news. We have a new snapshot of how the U.S. economy and unemployment crisis look before Tuesday's election. CNN's chief business correspondent, Christine Romans, has the breaking details. What does it look like, Christine? Well, the first peak we have here at what the economy, how the economy grew over the summer. I want you to imagine July to September. Remember beginning July, states were starting to allow restaurants to reopen outside with social distancing. People were starting to loosen up a little bit. And people had $600 extra a week in their uh, unemployment checks. So money started to flow. So we saw the economy snap back 33.1% annual rate of GDP growth. That's what you call burying the lead right there. Normally, when you've got a, a big news story like that, you want to hit it hard and uh, and hold the viewer's attention. But they were trying to sort of prepare the ground for their viewers and, uh, and make sure that they didn't ch- change the channel out of disgust that our, uh, that our economy was doing, as I say, exactly what the president predicted it was going to do. Over on... Um, on Fox, Charles Payne was a little bit less restrained. It is absolutely remarkable. And let me tell you, I'm sitting here going through the data because the headline doesn't do it any justice. Uh, durable goods were up 45%. Non-durable goods, these are things we buy not for durable goods, essentially, are things we buy that we're going to own for three years or longer, like a refrigerator. Non-durable goods up 82%. Uh, domestic investing, this is what we did as, as people, not businesses, up 83%. Residential investing, homes, 59%. So what held us back? Obviously, we're not building. Yeah, 59%. I mean, these numbers are absolutely remarkable. What held us back, obviously, was government spending down 18%. Structures, which has been a long-going thing. You know, businesses mostly invest in technology rather than building new plants. They retrofit them for the 21st century. So this is a long-term trend that's been in place anyway. But if you look at the details, it's even better than the headline. Well, uh, you can't keep this economy down. All of the fundamentals were put in place early in the Trump administration to, uh, to allow the animal spirits to rage, uh, and notwithstanding the lockdowns that, um, that New York and California and Illinois and uh, many other uh, you know, uh, populous blue states have put in place, they have uh, they've not been able to kill it entirely. I think that's going to be a good sign going into the election. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if it, uh, if it's going to carry the day. I think at this point, this is coming down to a, a cultural battle between people who want a, a nation based on our founding documents and are scared to death that these Democrats that have been out riding in the streets all summer long and uh, and putting in the most restrictive. Uh, attacks on our freedom ever in our history are going to ride on the coattails uh, of Joe Biden into the White House. So let's talk about this issue with Anonymous. I guess it was uh, back in 2017 that the New York Times broke this story. An op-ed from a senior uh, administration official was published saying that uh, Donald Trump was the second incarnation of Adolf Hitler. He had no soul and no 
no uh, no conscience. And this guy basically said that uh, anonymous said that uh, we myself and many other well placed uh, officials inside the administration are going to do everything we can to undermine and and sabotage this president's worst instincts. And the New York Times led us to believe, well, this is somebody right inside Donald Trump's inner circle. And it even had people at the White House suspecting each other and uh, and wondering who this guy was. Was it was it uh, John Kelly, the president's chief of staff? Was it H.R. McMaster, the, the uh, national security advisor at the time? Hell, some people were wondering if it wasn't Ivanka Trump herself. Well, now this guy has come forward after publishing a book based on the New York Times anonymous op-ed. Made a lot of money. It was a, a New York Times bestseller for almost a month. He has come out and identified himself, and turns out he's just a pissant down in the bowels of the bureaucracy at the, the Department of Homeland Security. At the time he published this article, he could in no way possibly have fit the description that the New York Times told us. He wasn't a senior administration official. He wasn't. A, 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 he was an advisor to Christian Nielsen over the home at the Homeland Security Department. So the New York Times basically engaged in a psychological operation, a disinformation operation against this administration, designed to make them think that somebody right inside their inner circle was a secret traitor that was leaking to the New York Times. And they did it knowingly. They knew who Anonymous was. And they let us and other um, media outlets led us to believe that this guy was in the inner circle. Well, now that uh, this guy, his name is Miles Taylor, and he is about as white bread a, um, a social justice warrior as you will ever see, has come out, and Donald Trump... <laughs> He's out on the campaign trail and he's reacting to the uh, the um, the the news of who this guy actually was. To show you how corrupt the Washington media is, I was just and did you see this? This was just revealed. It was just revealed that you know anonymous. You know this anonymous that everybody's been looking for. That law enforcement could have found early if they wanted to. But everybody was looking for anonymous. Turned out to be a low-level staffer, a sleazebag, who's never worked in the White House. Anonymous was a nobody, a disgruntled employee who was quickly removed from his job a long time ago for, they tell me incompetence. I don't know what for, but they tell me incompetence. You know where he works now? He works at CNN. Can you believe it? Works at CNN. He wrote a phony book, was just basically, if you read, if you heard about Anonymous, it was like somebody that was right next to me. I thought it might have been Hope Hicks. <laughs> I thought it might have been Jared. I thought it might have been Mike Lee. I was worried from the great state of Utah. I was extremely worried about Rand Paul. Maybe it was Rand. <laughs> this guy said, low level, low life. That I don't know. I have no idea who he is. This guy was never in the White House. He was never privy to uh, conversations in the inner circle. He he was uh, just a social justice warrior fantasy, a keyboard warrior 
out there uh, giving uh, life to all of these uh, these fantasies that the left wing entertained about Donald Trump. He was a 20-something staffer. And this, you got to keep in mind now, these are the same media outlets that are now ignoring a, uh, a, a business partner of Joe Biden's son who said that they had a shakedown operation, an international influence peddling operation, and that he was right there in the middle of it. The same people who told us that Christine Blasey Ford, just for instance, just to pick a name out of this long parade of liars, Julie Swetnick is another. The media told us, oh, Christine Blasey Ford, she's a very credible witness, despite the fact that she had no witnesses, no details, no evidence. And all the evidence came down on the side of Kavanaugh. We were told by the media that Christine Blasey Ford is very, very credible. Tony Bubulinski comes forward, says, I've got phone records. I've got, I've got emails. Here, have a copy. I've got text messages, itineraries, and receipts. I've been interviewed by the FBI. Media, oh, that's not credible. Turn, turn away. Turn away, voters. Don't look at that. Miles Taylor. The president mentioned he's working for CNN now. He's a paid talking head for CNN. But it wasn't that long ago that he was on the set at CNN looking out to the audience, admittedly small audience, but looking out on what passes for an audience over at CNN lying through his teeth. There was an op-ed, there was a book by someone uh, calling themselves anonymous. Are, are you aware of who that is? Uh, I'm not. Look, and I, that was a, uh, a parlor game that happened in Washington, D.C., of a lot of folks trying to think of uh, who that might be. I've got my own thoughts about who that might be, but, uh, you know, I you're want not, my you're not to anonymous. be on the president, and I certainly don't want to. Uh, I, I wear a mask for two things, Anderson, uh, Halloweens and uh, pandemics, so no. So this wasn't that long ago. He was right there on the set of CNN denying the reality. You, you would wonder, that, uh, guess what? This was, um, this was this year. He'd already made his money off of the book and done his damage with the op-ed. What was the reason he was still going on CNN and lying to their viewers? You wonder if they're going to keep him on the payroll. His first job, by the way, after he left the administration was for Google. What was he doing for Google? What qualifies him to work as at Google? They just put these people on the payroll because they're members of the hashtag resistance. That uh, that staffer for Melania Trump will probably pop up as a, a paid talking head for CNN next. So Joe Biden is out on the campaign trail. He is really lighting it up. He showed up uh, in Tampa, Florida. He was coming there on the heels. Excuse me just a second. Had to sneeze. Um, he showed up in Tampa, Florida. Following, he's, he's kind of following Trump around now. Uh, Trump shows up someplace 
Biden's campaign realizes, hey, we got big problems right there. We better get down there and uh, and have one of our uh, low energy, sparsely attended rallies. So he showed up at uh, the Tampa airport. He was going to hold a rally, and the skies opened up and rained him out. And he's out there on the uh, at the podium when the skies opened up. And he's got this little uh, shtick he does now where he, he's jogging around to show how vital and vigorous he is. And if you ever seen an old man run, it's not a good look. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of there too. Your, uh, your, your cartilage in your knees sort of gives out and you, you end up uh, looking like you're uh, howdy-doody or something. But... He, uh, he got rained out in uh, in Florida, and he's got real problems in Florida. You know, if if he doesn't win Florida, then his path gets pretty narrow. They're they're trying to convince you once again to believe that there's a chance that the Democrats are going to win a national election in Texas or Georgia. I've been hearing that my whole adult life. They are not about to win Georgia or Texas, but Florida is a, has a history of being a swing state. The problem is we're getting a lot of these returns from the uh, the mail-in ballots, the absentee ballots here in Florida. We don't have mass mail-in ballots. Um, and we're getting uh, the, the returns of the party affiliation, at least from the early voting. And the Democrats need to run up a big margin prior to Election Day because that's when Republicans really turn out. Problem is they're not. They're not running up a big margin at all, and it's got um, uh, David Axelrod, who you know is a a serious. Uh, pulling up the wrong clip here, is a a serious observer of these things. Let me, Axelrod. Oh, here we go. David Axelrod and, for that matter, the Raging Cajun are sounding the alarm on what's going on in Florida and um, very worried that the numbers are not shaping up really uh, well for uh, Joe Biden to be able to pull it off. Listening to her. Well, I'm sure they're looking at uh, these early vote numbers uh, from Florida. There is a, the, the, the one that struck my eye is that uh, Miami Dade is much lower than the rest of the state uh, in terms of a percentage of early voters coming out. And that is a place where he has to, Joe Biden has to mount a huge uh, advantage going into uh, election day. The other thing you notice if you look deeply into these numbers is that where the fall off is appears to be uh, among African-American voters, um, you know, and, and that is a concern. African-American voters and Hispanics. The Democrat coalition is absolutely dependent on receiving uh, 90% plus of the black vote and three quarters of the Hispanic vote. That's not happening here in Florida, and there's reason to believe it's not happening nationwide as well. We're going to run out to a break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Stick with us. No one likes to think about disasters or what could happen to you or your family. 
If you find yourself in the middle of one, look around you. Don't you wish that uh, maybe a few months ago you had gone to preparewithmojo50.com and picked up an emergency food supply? The reason is not that you're panicked. The reason is that you want to be ready for anything. Look what happened at the grocery stores in the last few weeks. There are others out there who tend to lose their minds when things aren't normal. You, however, are smart. You know how to do things the right way. You know how to be prepared. You know how to take care of your family. And it shows. I mean, you listen to Mojo 5.0. So go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find a special deal for you as a Mojo listener on a food supply, an emergency food supply that will ensure that you have enough food for you and your family for months, however long you decide you need the supply for. It really is a great deal, and it's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. Preparewithmojo50.com. Better get your order in. Put away a food supply in case uh, in case the stuff hits the fan post-election. But David Axelrod there mentioned that uh, Biden is underperforming with with black voters. Uh, I'm not surprised. I was kind of surprised to see the left all lining up dutifully behind old Joe Biden. You don't have to be, you know, an expert researcher to find out who this guy is. He's a former Dixiecrat who used to, uh, you know, support segregation. He gave the eulogy for Robert Byrd, a former, uh, what do they call him, Cyclops, uh, Grand Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan. Joe Biden authored the 93 crime bill. Now, that I'm not a critic of that crime bill. That crime bill stopped a lot of um, crime that was rampaging through this country. But it's, uh, it's, you know, a sin on the left side of the political spectrum, that, that crime bill. But they're not letting that stop them. This guy, Joe Biden, has su- supported every stupid-ass war the United States ever got into during his entire 47-year career in Washington. He was basically the water carrier for the credit card companies that did away basically with the usury laws that used to protect consumers in this country. So they were allowed to jack up interest rates as high as 29% prevent people from declaring bankruptcy and uh, and then they were able to just hand out you know credit cards uh, left and right willy-nilly whether or not you were credit worthy or not because they'd have you over a barrel if you uh, if you weren't able to pay it back the same Joe Biden that got stinking rich on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year salary in Washington DC there the left. Uh, uh, posturing itself as our moral betters. They're all on board. (laughs) It's really something to watch. Pollsters, and I've, you know, I know that I've, uh, I've slammed them, but um, this is from the Trafalgar group, one of the few polling companies that called 2016 correctly and are, by the way, saying that the uh, the polls are neck and neck in all of these battleground states. The Trafalgar group is is saying that 31% of black voters in, intend to jo- vote for Donald Trump. 
if that is the case, if that really happens, and I'm having a hard time believing it will, the Democrats can't win. There's no way. If if you if 15% of the black vote goes to a Republican, they have a very, very difficult time of winning. It's one of the reasons uh, Ronald Reagan uh, had his massive landslide. And uh, Little Wayne... <laughs> I don't know who Little Wayne is. I mean, I know him by sight. I've never, I wouldn't recognize one of his uh, his raps if I heard it. But uh, apparently, he's got about thirty five million Twitter followers. Is that right? Maybe three point five million. But he's a very big influencer, and uh, he came out and and endorsed Donald Trump, and not an endorsement like the uh, the uh, spineless. 50 cent, not one that, uh, you know, that, um, that Karen, uh, Chelsea handler can make him take it back. Here's a, a clip. This is uh it's kind of a long clip, but it's fun to listen to. This is a, I think he's a taxi driver and he's being interviewed about, uh, who he intends to vote for in this election and why. And, um, I think the interviewer was uh, not ready for the answer. Barry, Barry, who are you voting for? Donald J. Don Trump. The Don. Why? Because he's the best president since sliced bread. <laughs> that is funny. The man do what he says he's going to do. I never see it yet in my life. Everything the man says he's going to do, he do it. Then his sister, his family trying to put him down. She don't even know what a great man this man she have in her own damn family. He's sick. The girl, he got, he could get paid to talk garbage. The man is a genius. What about the what? man could pick numbers and it's all the bottom line is the account receivable and accounts payable. The books, man. What about what about Biden? Biden, that criminal, forty-seven years, he didn't do nothing for the black man. He more than make a crime bill and he brag about it, and then he come and try not even apologizing. He's a crazy kid. He didn't done for America forty-seven years. Now we find out it all been stealth for China. China, 47 years in the place, and he want to do everything now that the man come and say he's going to do. Plus, everything he says, doing that what the president is doing. He's blaming the president for the virus. How can you blame the president? Nobody knew at the time. And the man moved so fast that he got up therapeutic and different jobs for treatment. No, if you get tested in time, your life can be saved. Nobody knew, and they come. Virus, 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 corona, corona. Like the president brought it here. I can't believe these sick people. That's what they try to debate on. The communists never will work. And I'm watching the American people because I could tell you one thing. I'm going to stand back and watch because they ain't going to take away the people of Second Amendment. I don't got any, so I'm not worried. But I know it's America. You can't touch that. And that's all they want to do, take away the amendment. So, so you're so, telling people to vote for Trump, right? They have to. If they do not vote for Trump, it's finished, brother. God is in the midst. He's sealed and covered by the blood. They can't touch him. God sent him the right time. Believe me, I'm here 47 years, and this is the best. The best is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Sliced bread. <laughs> the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, I think the 
with the advent of social media and uh, people being able to, you know, get a, an unfiltered view of what really goes on, that uh, more and more black people are starting to wake up to the uh, reality that they've been taken for a ride by the Democrat Party. Oh, let's see. There's a a big uh, controversy uh, among my old uh, firefighters union, the uh, the firefighters in Philadelphia, where they're experiencing riots right now, had uh, come out and endorsed Donald Trump. They had surveyed their members beforehand to find out who they supported. Now, most members didn't respond. That's not unusual with a union. I've done uh, this before, sent out uh, requests, you know, to find out what their opinion is and only got a handful back. I think they've got several thousand members they've only they only got 500 and something responses but they went ahead and based on those responses endorsed Donald Trump and then their uh you know their uh democrat members started grousing well how can you do that just based on 500 votes oh um you know they're going against the international well the international didn't bother polling the membership before the executive board issued its endorsement of Joe Biden But just to satisfy the malcontents, the executive board in Philadelphia, that's local 22, went and uh, and put another poll out, and it turned and it got a much bigger response. And uh, the the union rank and file support Donald Trump seventy five to twenty five. You know, if if more unions actually polled their members. If the rank and file members were allowed to vote for these endorsements, as should be the case, instead of just these executive boards in Washington, D.C., like the IFF did, Donald Trump would get a massive amount of labor support. He wouldn't get as much from the, uh, the government unions, but for the you know private sector trade unions, he would be overwhelmingly um, the choice of working men and women. So out in New England, uh, New England, <laughs> out in New Zealand, they are putting together COVID camps where they will put you, if you uh, carry the virus, against your will. They will drag you off to a COVID camp and lock you up there. And I can't help but notice that this comes on the heels of uh, last year when they uh, they seized privately held guns in New Zealand. Now, less than one year later, you've got camps where they're going to throw you in there against your will for a virus that has a 99% plus recovery rate. Had a guy on Twitter say, oh, you can't uh, can't defend yourself with weapons. What it does, if you're listening, is it uh, makes the government a hell of a lot less likely to engage in this sort of tyranny like we're seeing in New Zealand. Got a lot of these celebrities saying, uh, if Trump wins, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to Australia or New Zealand. Well, maybe you might, might be more at home there to begin with. Why wait? Just head on out. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now, Jim Dawes. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining us, and uh, I'll be back here Monday back at the home studio, and we will uh, we'll bring you all the news 
hope you'll join me there. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.